Sorry, noodle. Sorry, noodle. What rhymes with noodle? Could it be doodle? Or poodle? Or pool noodle? Great. And that right there is a song. We don't need to edit that anymore. Just slap it in the movie. Yeah, just put Yeah, yeah. just put it. Just put, well, no, not the last 40 minutes. We're going to have no songs in the last 40 minutes. It's an <laughs> intentional choice. But anywhere in the first half, you can just slap that bad boy in. I think it's good to go. Okay, now, we got to come up with another musicals. I love musicals. Okay, let the record show. Let we have discussed show. this. I know. I'm just. I'm setting the stage so setting that this comes stage. across as unbiased. Oh yes. Okay. And, okay. Okay. You yeah, know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's good. That's good. That's clear good. criticism from yes. a third party who was going into this open minded. Yeah, I love musicals. I love them so much. I love a like a Broadway musical adaptation. I love an original musical adaptation. I love movies that have music scenes in them that aren't like that aren't even musicals. You know, that have like a good soundtrack or a dance sequence or something. Like any type of music in movies, generally, I am there for. So if you are a movie musical and I do not like it, you really have to be sucking. Well, you like The Greatest Showman, right? Yeah. Good. <laughs> I mean, like, the thing, like, Baseline. okay, like, that's The Greatest Showman or, like, um, I don't know, like, The Phantom of the Opera or, you know, it's <laughs> like, they're like, yeah. are they the greatest movies ever? No. But do they have fun musical sequences in them? Yes. Like, do yeah, I like some of the music in those movies? Yes. Do I watch clips of them sometimes? Like, yes, because I, I like a musical clip. Um, yeah. And then there's things like In the Heights, which is actually just perfection. Yeah. 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 yeah you know. Yeah, yeah. 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 So baseline, I like musicals. Yeah. Baseline. Um, and baseline Wonka was something we weren't like. I wasn't. I we. I think we both were making fun of it, but I wasn't like totally sure it would suck. You know, I was like, okay, let's go see it. You know. Well, I like both of the other two. Willy Wonka movies. Mm, yes. Like, I like the original one from the 70s, 80s, whenever yeah, that was. Yeah. Um, With Pure Imagination, like a classic. Yeah, Gene Wilder, very fun. The Oompa Loompa songs. And I like the Johnny Depp one. I mean, it's wow. it's zanier. I mean, I watched it as a child. So I feel like, like, had that movie come out this year, would I have liked it? Like, maybe not. But it's very campy. Like, it's fun. Yeah, I love the Baruch Assault. But... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's like good stuff about it. Um, so it's not like, oh, I don't like Willy Wonka or like I'm not like a Roald Dahl fan or something. Like, I feel like right. I'm coming into this as I should like. Also, I generally like Timothy Chalamet. Mm, mm, yeah, baseline. Good fact. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I one. like I liked Lady Bird. I mm-hmm. love Dune. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I think that he's a very good beautiful actor boy. and things. Yeah, like stuff like Beautiful Boy, Timothee. Call Me By Your Name. 
like even that I don't love, I st- he, I have respect for him. I watched Homeland, and mm. he was in that, so I'm That's an OG cool, yeah. fan. Yeah, am yeah. I a Timmy fan? Am I a Timmy fan? Stop. <laughs> um, yeah, scratch that, reverse that. Yeah, <laughs> but this movie, this movie. This oh movie is a movie. Well, oh Wonka. Okay, God. okay. If I can, Ugh. if I can squeeze in here. Yes. Um, yeah, I I haven't cared about any iteration of this. It hasn't been a loathsome thing, but it's like never struck my fancy. Like I, I definitely saw the Gene Wilder one, but I didn't like. It wasn't one that was near and dear to my childhood. And then the Johnny Depp one, my sister loved it, and thus I grew to hate it. You know what I mean? Um, so this one, I was like, okay, it seems like we don't need another one of these, but let's see what they do with it. And, um, I think we've talked about before how we weren't sure how it would be like musical E because one, the trailer doesn't show musical numbers per se. And two, the director literally said, yeah, sure. There's musical numbers, but it's not a musical. And so I was envisioning like, oh, a little, a little morsel here, a little ditty there. but. I just want to I just want to lay out my definition of a musical, which is that the plot is moved forward by song and dance and um the music gives either all or most of the context for the action happening. And so if you take the songs out of a musical, the story doesn't work, okay? So that's Yes. That's important to say because okay. this was 100% a musical. <laughs> it just wasn't good. Yeah, we love we love a definition. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. This was the plot moved forward by any of the songs in this musical. I mean, yes. I mean, yes, yes. I mean, I know you say you don't remember any of them, so I can walk you through them. Okay, first song. He's like, "I came to London. Let me tell you my life story in music." Okay, great. He's skipping. He's like, "I'm going to be a chocolatier, Mama. We made it, Mama." He sings that song. Okay. Other musical number is, okay, he's locked into the contract as a cleaner. And they're like, what are we doing down here? We're cleaning. Let me tell you about it. And then there's the, oh my gosh, I'm sad because everyone leaves me and nothing's good and I'll never be happy again. And he's like, well, wait, Noodle, look at us. We can fly with balloons and dance on rooftops. And isn't that fun? And that's a song. And then there is... The I'm selling chocolate now. Aren't you happy about it? Weird city this is. And everyone's trotting up and down chocolate trees having a good time. And that's a song. Yeah, I guess like technically these are adjacent to the plot. But I do (laughs) think that if you took all of the music out of this movie, you could understand what was happening pretty easily. I guess... This I isn't guess. like, I mean, uh, this isn't, I mean, obviously Hamilton's not a good example because the whole thing's music, but like Hairspray, for example, <laughs> I feel like if you take the music out of Hairspray, you're, you have no idea what's going on. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, it, uh, so much of the action is like introduced in songs and songs have plot points in them and, you know, stuff has moved along where this kind of felt like. Okay, we get to a plot point. Okay, now we're going to sing a little bit. Okay, now we're on to the next thing. Okay, now we're going to sing a little bit. My number one complaint with this movie is that the music is bad. And I think it's 
completely unmemorable. It reminded me a lot of the Mary Poppins <laughs> sequel that we covered. Oh a yeah, bro, in there. It's so I'm a I'm a chimney sweep, aren't I? Yes, there was that. And there was also Meryl Streep doing a weird Russian accent. is like Bibbity <laughs> Bibbity or whatever her name was. But none of the song, like you got to the end and it was like gun to your head. Could you name, could you sing us a, a bar of one of those songs leaving the theater? No, you could not. And I feel like this movie is the same where it's like none of the songs were distinct. None of the songs were good. None of the songs were catchy. And the songs like weren't even really differentiable from themselves. Like... Like, the songs that he sings about, like, wanting to make chocolate or whatever, it's like they all are sort of the same song. And the songs were written by somebody who had never written, like, music for a movie or a musical, like, before. His biggest songwriting credit was the theme song for the IT crowd. Like... I just don't understand how you decide, okay, we're going to do this massive, big studio musical featuring like an A-list person that is based on IP that is really well known. And some backstory. So this is a Warner Brothers (laughs) project. Warner Brothers did not like the original movie was made in the seven, the Gene Wilder version. It didn't do well. And yeah. so they it lost a lot of money. It wasn't a success. Warner Brothers like bought some of the rights to like distribute it and it became a bigger success like as cable sort of became a thing yeah, and people classic. discovered it later. Yeah, it became a cult classic. So Warner Brothers like had the rights to it at various points but like didn't ever um like didn't own them. Mm-hmm. And so then Warner Brothers made their own version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's the Johnny Depp version, which doesn't have the music from the original and it's com- it's different songs. Then I think they decided that they wanted to do a Wonka prequel or some sort of spin-off, but they wanted to use Pure Imagination and the Oompa Loompa song from the original. And so they went and bought the rights to that. And so this is like a prequel to that movie, sort of, in that it has the same music. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is that those two songs are super memorable and super mm-hmm. good. And so whenever they pop up, either like in the score or some their song, you realize like how bad the music in the actual movie is. And I just don't understand like how the studio decided like we want, like there was a lot of steps involved of we want to do this. We have to buy the rights back. We have these two songs that we want in it. We're going to, it's going to be a big budget thing. We got to get Timothy Chalamet. And then on the music front, they're like, oh yeah, we can just get this random guy who's never done anything before. You know, it's like at least with the, live action Disney remakes, which have their own weird like song things. Like they're getting people like Lin-Manuel Miranda, who's like, okay, the song Scuttlebutt might have sucked, but at the very least, like it was written by somebody who has written successful songs in the past. And also it was a song that I did remember at the end, even if it was annoying. Well, where I'm like, you do remember Scrub Scrub, so. I mean, I remember <laughs> Scrub Scrub but I couldn't sing any part of it other than scrub, I know scrub. that Scrub Scrub <laughs> is a line in it. And really that's only because that's the one song I feel like in the movie that is like distinctive in that it is, you, you know, it's like set in a certain locale or has a certain thing that's going on with it. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's it it sets itself up for failure because the opening score is pure imagination, and then the final song is a is a pure, is imagination, pure imagination. Um, redo. and every song in between is bad. Yeah, because <laughs> at first I was like, okay, his first little song about like, oh, I have seventeen sovereigns in my pocket or whatever. I was like, okay, like I get what they're doing. Like let's lean in, because I have rewatched the Gene Wilder one with Penny so recently and it's a weird movie right like and I was thinking about how we don't really let movies be weird anymore everything has to be intentional or serve a purpose or whatever and so there are like a lot of weird graphics and quirky jokes and musical numbers in that film and so I was like okay maybe this movie is gonna do that and it might not be my cup of tea but I'm gonna be open-minded about it but the problem is it's it felt like an AI generated weird movie. Like every every quirky point, every line or Timothy's facial expression or loud character, it felt like they were like, okay, let's be weird. But then it wasn't like, I don't know, it wasn't actually interestingly strange. It was just like because I was like, music, take it or leave it. But what frustrated me was like, Timothy <laughs> Chalamet at all. Um, didn't feel like fully drawn characters. And I don't even mean like, oh, they were given like a rise and falling like character arc, like whatever. I don't care about like, oh, did this, did this character have a journey to go on? But it was just like, every character felt like oddly thinly drawn it felt like ai or like a machine or like a lab or something like put together the pieces of a musical like you need to have this you need to have this you need to have this but then none of it was like actually created with any sort of originality or interest it's like okay there needs to be a good guy there needs to be a bad guy there needs to be a sidekick but yeah it's like nobody is at all there's no characterization or development which again i think stands in such stark contrast to charlie and the chocolate factory where every single one of those characters is so iconic and so like strong like you know you think about the five kids like yes like those are all people who everybody knows like you ask somebody like who's augustus gloop like you know who augustus gloop is everybody does but but even like their parents i feel like in both versions of the movie stand out you know it there's the grandpa there's charlie's (laughs) mom you know there's just like all like all of the characters feel like sort of interesting people even if they're you know caricatures and not like fully fleshed out people where this it's like there's not even that level of character. Like Charlie, <laughs> yeah, they're or like kind of forgettable. Wonka and there's so is, many. Yeah, Wonka is so boring. Like there's nothing interesting about him as a person. He's like eighty percent basic, and then there's these little spurts of like manic. I don't know eyes yeah. or looks or spotlights that I'm like, whoa, where did that come but from? Like either like, lean in or don't. He sort of like rattles off things like these ingredients and stuff like they're from a Dr. Seuss book, but there's no, um, but yeah, it's like, he's not really odd or interesting. Like he doesn't have much yeah. of a personality. Um, the mm-hmm. other people in the, and I'm sorry, can I just say it, it was weird the way they tried to give these characters quirks. Like Timothy's is, is that he can't read for some reason. And I'm sorry. 
He was like at least seven years old before his mom died. So his well, mom had a responsibility <laughs> to teach I'm, him how to I'm read. And I'm also like, he's been traveling the world, like collecting <laughs> yeah. ingredients for 10 years. And at no point in that process, he learned to read. Like, he, know. you know, I'm just like, uh-huh. like, how was he doing it that? Just, yeah, it didn't add anything. It just gave, it was just used for like one single joke. And then also, I don't know, it was just like, it didn't, it wasn't interesting, nor was it like important by the end. It, it was set up and then it was forgotten until like the very end when they gave a callback and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot he didn't read. Yeah. The plot is also, it's one of my least favorite types of plots where it's like really straightforward, but then also like incredibly convoluted at the same time. Yeah, it where was nonsensical. he comes to town he wants to buy a chocolate shop and open it with his cool new chocolates the other chocolatiers don't want him to because obviously it'll put them out of business he tries to stay at this inn that's run by a shady innkeeper he basically becomes like an indentured servant so then the plot of the movie is like okay he has to make money in order to get out of being a washerwoman slave and also open the chocolate shop and he somehow has to like go against the city to do this, which is like a pretty straightforward plot line. But then there's all of this stuff about, Oh, there's debt and he's in debt to this person. And then the, Oh, the money that they're owed. And there's a cabal of people who have chocolate and the chocolate is like sort of like money, but the chocolate's also like you want to eat it. And the chocolate is being guarded by these people who are like, addicted to it and then it's also there's a priest and then they're paying off the the local law enforcement with chocolate but then it's just like there's so much stuff going on it's like this doesn't it doesn't help the plot it just makes things more complicated and it's not like fun or interesting or necessary at all it's just like wait what yeah i don't know why it's so hard to like storyboard something because i think about like movies that we grew up with that are like not winning awards per se but they they serve themselves like sky high right sky high is a great teen film and it's kind of a weird convenient plot full of characters who are weird and there's things happening like people are turning into babies it's weird but it's like that's part of the fun the story adds to the fun it's weirdness like in spy kids or clock stopper adds to the fun or big fit, big fat liar. Like you know, it, there's something happening where what's the weird gimmick is part of the joy. Whereas this was like, who who wants to watch like the sadness of indentured servitude face off against a corrupt like chocolate system whose motivations are not clear nor their end goals. It's like oh, we siphon off chocolate to keep paying off the people who do what like i just yeah there we have to store the chocolate under the city and then they're like okay well you'll drown in it and i'm like now you're corrupting your your secret chocolate yeah it's like like, you want dead bodies in the chocolate but then you're gonna sell it still yeah and it seems like they could have done this thing where it was like like the three shop owners each have their own like strategy to like outsmart Wonka and he has to keep like dancing around him or whatever like I don't know why it had to get so complicated except they wanted 700 people's names on this cast list because it was like a lot of people oh yeah because there's 
there's Wonka, Wonka's mom. Then there's all of the people at the Played by Academy Award winning actress. Um, Yeah, Sally Hawkins, who pops up for like two seconds. But then then at the Scrubs, at at Bleacher and Scrub It, or Scrub It and Bleacher, the wash shop, there's like... There's Scrubbin and Bleacher, who yeah, Olivia Coleman and this other guy who are basically like the couple from Les Mis. They like yes. and I think that they are the most interesting like the most fun characters in the whole thing. Yeah. But solely because the movie like picked two memorable characters from another musical and basically <laughs> just like copy and pasted them in. Like yeah. Olivia Coleman is is doing a really good job, I think, with what she's given. But it's like, oh, we've seen this character bef- like 75 times before. It's also sort of Miss Hannigan. Um, yeah, it's just like very straightforward. But so there's the two of them. Then there's, what, four other people who work in the wash room. Then there's the three people who own the chocolate shop. Then there is the chief of police. Then there is the, like, vicar who is keeping track like who church is on top of the chocolate mine like am i missing yeah. other people i mean that's like 15 people well it's like you have keegan michael peel no wait that's not right keegan michael key <laughs> thank you embarrassing. Um, and and yeah, no. There's just so many people that it's like annoying because then you also have the Oompa Loompa who shows up in the third oh, act. Oh, yeah. Third act. Um, and, and that's another plot line it. that's confusing yes. and that it doesn't need to be. Where it's like, oh, Willy Wonka took chocolate beans from an Oompa Loompa tree, but Oompa Loompas aren't known for having chocolate. He just happened to find it there. But then an Oompa Loompa has to get back like a hundred times what was stolen from him. So the Oompa Loompa has been stealing chocolate from Willy Wonka to pay back this debt that Wonka doesn't know is real. And then, yeah, it's just like, what the hell is happening? Yeah, no, it became nonsensical in a non-fun way. And it's like, honestly, for the first half, I was willing to like see where it goes. Like I was like, okay, yeah, you got the derpy cop who's trying to like pressure him. But then as they like got, they dug their heels in more and more, I was like, this isn't adding up because one of the central things is like, oh, he's trapped in the in the wash house. He can't get out. And so they have to like navigate this secret escape. Like it's freaking, it's straight up from annie when they sneak annie out of the orphanage where he's like oh yeah escaping in a literal laundry basket but i okay this is nitpicking <laughs> but the incident happened i was like what because the whole thing is he has to be back by roll call okay he sneaks out first thing in the morning okay and then suddenly the next set is they're going to milk a giraffe and it's nighttime okay and i'm just like why couldn't you just follow this logic through? Like, it's so easy to just have it be during the day. And they didn't. And I feel like that's symptomatic of what what frustrated me about this movie is that they they chose convenience every time. Like, whatever they wanted, they were like, we'll make it work somehow. And it just, no matter how illogical, no matter how, like, nonsensical, it was like, sure, let's do this. And it never came together in a way that justified it because I'm allowed to like look over plot points if it was like, I don't know, funny or explained or 
I don't know, jokingly uh, toyed with, but this was just like, it was just because they wanted a nighttime dance scene through the zoo. Yeah. Well, and then the, and then it wasn't funny. Like there wasn't funny jokes in it or funny asides. There was, the music wasn't good as we've already discussed. Like (laughs) there just wasn't, and the whole thing looked so cheapy. Like it wasn't the costumes and set. Well, but the costumes and sets and stuff like all looked so, um, like there was so much CGI. It was green screen, yeah. Yeah, so much green screen. And then things like the chocolate, whenever you'd see the chocolate, like it looked, it looked like it had come out of like a 90s, um, you know, commercial for like Lucky Charms or something, you know, I and mean, it was just <laughs> like so fakey and i'm like we didn't have any extra like visual effects money to make this liquid chocolate like at least look kind of real like and again you compare it to either of the previous versions of this movie where the in the original like it's all practical effects and it looks great and is gorgeous and then in the remake it's a lot of cg but at least it's like doing it in a more um I don't know, like, sort of interesting way. This is just, it was so bad in every regard. The thing that I'm intrigued by is that people seem to like this. Like, it, <laughs> like critics have been raving about it, saying that it's great, that they really uh, it, enjoyed it. Like, it has good scores on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. It's done well at the box office. I'm like, this should be getting But I think panned. it's one of those... I think it's one of those Rotten Tomatoes scores where it's like, okay, it's not trash. You know what I mean? And so it high, it like grades on a curve where it's like higher than – it's not like everyone saw this and thought it was a 10 out of 10 film. It was more like people were around like, oh, okay, yeah, like 6 out of 10 type thing. Yeah, but it has an 84%. I know. I know. It's weird. It's confusing. I mean, that's like where I come back. Is like, was I miserable? No. Was it too long? Yes. Was the ending especially like – stupid yeah but it also was like I don't know yeah I guess I was trying to justify the score where it's like sure the film was serviceable but I don't I didn't read people's actual reviews I mean I think that sometimes you have stuff like with the Puss in Boots movie last year where it's like on paper the movie should be terrible like nobody was asking for a sequel to puss in boots like it seemed like a bad idea and then it turns out oh it's actually like a pretty good movie that sort of has a point of view and the characters are funny and it works and so i can see how that type of movie gets a really high score on rotten tomatoes that maybe it doesn't necessarily earn even though i think that movie is really great just because it's like or even I think Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is sort of like this too, the first yeah. one, where it's like the movie you thought like would be passable at best, but probably lame and bad. And it turned out to actually be good. Yeah. But, so, but maybe people were going into this thinking, wow, this is going to be atrocious. And it wasn't atrocious, even <laughs> yeah. though I would argue that it was. But I don't see how you watch this movie and think like, wow, that was a like good to like positive like like that was a four out of five star movie like it wasn't it is weird it is weird because it's like one of those where i leave with um way more questions than answers and i think about like um like (laughs) like i just i'm curious about why they made the choices they did because we even forgot the storyline about like wonka's 
reason for loving chocolate and his mom and like the last chocolate bar and like the secret to chocolate and how he's delusional enough to think his mom would literally like reincarnate to be at his chocolate shop. Oh yeah. So weird. <laughs> and then there is also the storyline of um of like Noodle being related to the chocolate lord and oh, him yes. like selling her to like leaving her Into orphan because he didn't want like yeah, it was very yeah, so that confusing. he so that she didn't take the inheritance from his yeah. dead brother. Yeah. And I feel like it's almost a situation where if they'd sifted out just like two to three storylines, it would have been a more like fun time. Like I feel like if they'd scrapped the entire in the entire final act where it's like their master plan has to do with a giraffe. Like I really oh, did yeah. not understand I did the science not. I of was that, so confused as to why the giraffe was there. Also, the final act it stops being a musical because yeah, there's true. really no song. Like probably the last forty minutes of the movie, there's no songs except for Pure Imagination, which is like the last yeah. thing that happens. Yeah. But but you're getting songs, you know, like every five to ten minutes through the first hour and a half and then all of a sudden the songs just are gone and you don't have any and nothing logical is happening i mean it, it really like i literally was sitting there i'm like why do they need the giraffe like it it's not necessary nothing was happening no, while they were uh, doing well, it and i so i saw a play uh, off broadway recently that was that's like the last sondheim show that he ever wrote mm and, you know, it opens in the first act is very, like, Sondheim-y. And then partway through the second act, I was like, wait, like, we haven't had any, like, there's not been any music in this second half. Like, what is going on? And it sort of becomes this, like, more serious stage play. And then I realized afterwards, like, oh, it's because he died in the middle of writing it. So it's like they have the songs that he wrote, so they're, those are there. But then the rest of it is, you know, like... They had to, I mean, I think that the, the plot, you know, they had ahead of time too, but it's like they don't have the songs for it. So they just sort of went with it as is. And that's kind of how this felt, except for obviously that's not what happened here. Like the person yeah. who wrote this didn't die in the middle and they couldn't come up with new songs. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, everything is so baffling. Like every decision like kind of makes sense, but not really. And it's just, uh, it's such an annoying, annoying movie. And there's good people in it who are trying to do the best they can with these weird roles. And it's like, like Rowan Atkinson is the priest and yeah, Keegan-Michael Key is in it. Olivia Coleman, <sighs> Sally Hawkins, like yeah. these people who are like good at what they do and sort of none of them are given room to do anything. Yeah. I mean, one of my greatest irritants was... Keegan's role in this I just it's like he ends up getting fatter each sequence you see him because he's being bribed with chocolate and he can't resist chocolate but it's like everyone in the movie loves chocolate everyone in the movie is eating chocolate everyone is digesting chocolate enjoying chocolate but there was just like this weird choice to make him be the one to you know, blow up and balloon and be fat, so fat he can't get out of a car, like, ha, 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 isn't it funny how fat this guy is? It was weird. It was weird to have that show up in a movie, not just because it's like, oh my gosh, we don't make fun of fat people, but because it's like, what is this adding? Like, what interesting joke do you think this is? It's like the lowest hanging fruit and also in the rules of this universe doesn't seem relevant because 
the priest is being bribed with chocolate. The the monks are being bribed with chocolate. So many people are digesting this secret, you know, layer of chocolate that I'm just like, I felt like annoyed that that's that's the only funny thing they could think of for Keegan to do is wear a fat suit. Well, it was also confusing because like, is chocolate money? Is chocolate <laughs> all food? Is chocolate? No, it's just a they sweet? love chocolate so much. Is they just wanted just to eat de- it, like a dessert. Like, yeah, because he gets bribed with like insane amounts of chocolate that like nobody can possibly eat, but he has it all. Well, that's that's a joke. Then, is that he loves it so much, right? Yeah. But then it but then at the same time it's like Wonka's chocolate, quote unquote chocolates, like don't really look like chocolates. And a lot of times the ingredients aren't really like chocolatey. It's like there's nine hundred other things in it. And yeah. so it's like, well, wait, is it candy and we're just calling it chocolate? But then people <laughs> are being bribed with it and they're sort of like paying each other with it. Like it's just like the world building, everything about this movie is bad. Everything well, about and this it's movie like is he has a magic hat, and I don't remember that. Like being a, I don't remember yeah. if the Wonka world is like magical. Like, yes, it is, but it's also never been like, I don't know. It it was just never really explained or explored. And I feel like there could have been more fun with those simple, straightforward elements than adding all this convoluted, like conspiracy, political, I don't know, discourse around debt and collections. <laughs> Yeah. Like, it's like, you can do, a, you know, do an Oliver Twist. I don't care. Like, you know, Charles Dickens loves a, a debtor's prison. But I feel like they just threw it together and didn't let it come together in any interesting way. Yeah, I don't... Who... Paul King was the one who directed it. And I guess he also worked on the script so this is part so this is part of the thing though that i this is part of my conspiracy theory Mm. is the director is paul king who whose only other credits to date for the most part like he has some tv shows and stuff are the two paddington movies oh i love the paddington which everybody adores and so part of me is like is like is this one of those things where it's like we like the person so much that we sort of like, like if you're a Paddington fan and you know that this is a from him, that you want to like it and find like <laughs> positive things in it, and that's why the critics liked it so much. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I should have read some of the critiques because I was curious, like what people were saying. Because, like, I thought about comparing it to Cruella, which was a bad f- film and was reviewed badly, but I felt like it had a lot of similar issues and elements where it was overcomplicated there were too many characters they weren't given enough to do like so i'm curious why people said they liked this but i mean i think that the people said they liked it oh because it's sweet and you know it's it's really earnest but i think that cruella is a lot better movie than this because cruella one you have two really great actors in the lead roles who are obviously having a lot of fun but also it's a pretty straightforward plot in that, like, Cruella wants to ruin Emma Thompson's life and ruin her business and make her miserable. And so she's going to set out on this, like, revenge plot. And you get to watch her, you know, pull off all of these, like, revenge tactics. And, yeah, there's a lot of, like, side characters and other stuff going on. And that sort of thing where it's like, oh, Emma Stone or Emma Thompson's 
Dalmatian dogs push the moms off. Like, it's weird, but at least it all kind of makes sense. And it's very memorable. Like, there's a lot of scenes in that movie that have stuck with me longer than these Wonka scenes are going to. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like the moths in the dress um, or like dumping the trash on the car <laughs> or like the dogs pushing the lady over the balcony. Yeah, no, like, it's it's interesting that, um, yeah, Wonka's scene is this like cute scene. It's interesting that that's from the Paddington director because Paddington is like so whimsical and magical and yeah, things are convenient and it's like he he's you know solves prison drama by baking like it's all kind of silly but but it adds together it makes sense in the world as it's constructed whereas this just like left more and more questions that were never answered or explored or (laughs) it was just like so messy and at the heart of it uninteresting whereas if you carved out probably 45 minutes of this film and honestly just left the musical numbers and got rid of the cabal plot line then I think it would have been something I enjoyed more whereas now it was just like okay (laughs) what I think a lot about what Hugh Grant said about being in this movie and he hated it and he's like talked about how annoying it was to be like you know, because he's on a green screen. He's not acting with anyone. He's just doing his little bits. And he's like, yeah, I would like, I didn't know what the character, you know, he's the artist. So he's like, I didn't know what the character wanted. I didn't know what to do with my body, but I would try things and then realize they just edited out like to be a digital little orange body in the end. So it's just his face. And he's like, I wish I hadn't done it. (laughs) And I feel like that's interesting because he had so much fun with Paddington too. And he's so good in Paddington too, where he gets to be this dorky, mythic-like villain. And this movie just didn't have that because there was too much going on. And even when the villains were trying to be funny, it's like at the heart of it, they're illogical. Yeah, like hiring police and and then drowning them in their own chocolate and then telling an audience that they're going to get out of this because they have money. It was just like very confusing. And keeping a record of like every crime they do, including the name of the child's mother, who's like, I was like, why are you guys keeping this many records? I don't understand. Yeah, the uh, it, yeah, nothing nothing about this works for me. I really just hated it in every way shape or form. Like one of my least favorite movies of the year. Yeah. It'll definitely be placing low on our year-end rankings when we get to it. I mean, I don't know. Like on one hand, I feel like I could sit and nitpick this forever because like every choice is bad, but at yeah. the same time, it's like almost like I just have to throw my hands up and be like, "You know what? Like uh like I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't do this any longer. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't have the passion to care about this movie. Yeah, because it's so bad in so many different ways. Yeah, it's almost like magical in how horrible it is. Kind of like <laughs> from a, you know, because I think a lot of times when a movie is not great, you can sort of pinpoint like why it's not great, or right. there's a specific like reason for why it doesn't work. Where this is like bad from a bunch of different angles and ways where you wouldn't necessarily think that it should be or could be like okay they'd have to get one of these things right but it's like no it's like 
Yeah, like, oh, it's okay, a well, mess. But maybe the acting, like the characters will be good, but the music will be bad. Or, oh, like maybe the like the plot will be too slow, <laughs> but it'll be funny. Or, you know, yeah, but it's like, yeah. no, it looks yeah, the bad. Not the music's bad. Also, Timothy, we haven't even talked about this, but like, I also hate when you have a musical and they cast people not based on their singing ability, but just based <laughs> on like star potential. Because Timothy Chalamet is like not a good singer. I mean, I mean he's not. Wilder too. He's not. Johnny Depp. I mean, I, I guess that's true. But it's like, it's not like he's a bad singer necessarily, but most of the songs in the movie are his. Yeah. And I just kind of don't understand why you do that. And why you cast people who are not going to be able to carry that. Like, I understand you want Timothy Chalamet to be Wonka, but it's sort of like. I think his voice fit what these songs were trying to do. Like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a Broadway They're not like belting tunes or whatever. Yeah. So it's not like like he really had. Yeah. That much to do. But I wonder if that also sort of limits. I guess I don't yeah. know what order the songs and stuff <laughs> with, but I wonder if that sort of limits what yeah. kind of music you can have in there. Because yeah. I think another problem that I had sort of was that I watched this, you know, within a fair close, fairly close timeline from with the color purple, mm. which, you know, <laughs> is, <little> is a <laughs> great musical with incredible music. That's won Tony's and Grammys yeah. and it has, you know, these actors in it who are cast because they are great. So they are, top of being good actors yeah and it's like yeah like there are talented people who can do both just cast those kind of people um or even another thing that i watched i I think maybe i talked about this on our love it or hate it was the archies the like bollywood Mm -hmm. riverdale um, musical that's on netflix and like that super fun the cast can sing everybody can dance the music's really catchy and that's like i mean that's in a foreign language so i'm not even like I don't even understand what they're saying aside from, you know, reading the subtitles. And I feel like those songs still stuck with me a lot more than these did. Mm, yeah. No, it wasn't it wasn't anything special by any means. <sighs> anything else about this movie that you want to touch on that we haven't? No, it's a real downer to end the year on, but luckily um, we'll be able to spend our holidays watching a lot better stuff. Well, me, catching up on things you've already seen. But... And you know what else? We'll get to start next year on a high note with a musical. Oh, perfect. Yeah, a cleansing. <laughs> a cleansing. <laughs> a cleansing moment for the podcast. Uh, um, what a joy. A, re- a revenge party, if you yeah. will. <laughs> perfect. Uh, well, thanks everybody for listening to us for a whole nother year. This is crazy. We just keep going on. We're getting close to our 250th episode. Oh as my well. gosh. We're running out of ideas for special episodes, but if <laughs> but if somebody else has one, let us know. We're gonna do a whole episode in song. It's just gonna be our musical. Oh, you know, I would love that. <laughs> I, I think I could do it. Okay, I'll write see. some down yeah, down yeah, some ideas. Yeah. I mean, neither of us are that good at singers, which it won't stop us. <laughs> problematic, yeah. But we're not that good at podcasters either, and here we are. So, really, <sighs> we'll just keep chugging along. But, anyways, yeah. thanks for listening, everybody. I hope everybody has a lovely holiday season, and we will see you all back in the new year. Bye.